We're going to spend some time interviewing Mark today, and, and Mark's not only been a player and a coach, uh, he's been a passionate follower of Jesus, and uh, he loves God, he loves God's Word, and uh, we're just thrilled about the opportunity to have an, a conversation with Mark about sort of life and faith and even football. And uh, when we talked about this, uh, I think Mark used those words. We can ha- his vision was we could have this two old men sitting in chairs having a conversation. Speak for yourself, old man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Man. Some of you sent in... Uh, I'm not inviting you back. That's all I can say. This You've been is saying it. that for 14 years. I've been man. saying that for a long time. <laughs> some of you sent in questions, and we'll, we'll get to some of those this morning. Can't ask them all, but it's going to be good. Uh, Mark, uh, this morning is kind of bittersweet for us. Uh, this could be your last official visit at Hillside, sadly, because you're moving. Right. Um, you, you're moving to Hamilton. Uh, it's crazy. No one asked me at all for any input on this decision <laughs> uh we all found out after the fact uh you know and, and i'm gonna say i'm very disappointed in the lions organization you know you're not you weren't the only one but there we go um mark you've been a coach uh at the lions for many years and last month they um released you from that responsibility they let you go. Can you tell us what happened? How they how they went down? How that went down? And and have you burned all your BC Lions you know <laughs> gear? First of all, they didn't release me. There's a difference. They just decided not to bring me back. <laughs> doesn't that sound like a glass half full kind of response? <laughs> hey, you look you know? at it. Hey, you know it really doesn't matter because we're not there next year. That's the that's the biggest thing. Um, the thing the thing is at at the end of the season. You, you know I don't know if you guys know, but Wally Buono retired and they were looking for a new head coach. I wanted to be the head coach. I applied, interviewed and everything, and they decided to bring somebody else in, uh, Devon Claybrooks. And when you, when it, normally what, how it works, when a new head coach comes, he brings his own people. He brings everybody. So the staff that was there, for the most part, they're gone, you know, and some people have to be released. Some people are, they just don't come back. <laughs> I'm in the don't, just don't come back just part, you know what back. I mean? And so, um, yeah, so... Kind of a don't go away mad, just go away. Yes, yes. Well, put it this way. With the contracts, they, you know, in in December is when we talk contracts. We weren't talking contracts. Okay. So then that'll let you know, see you later, alligator. You know, but but that's how how it worked out. Um, And then your second part of your question, you, you asked a very specific question. You said, did I burn my BC line gear? I haven't burned it. It's just not welcome in my house anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if you, if anybody wants a BC Lion hat or shirt, come to my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just, little, gi- uh, I'm giving stuff away. Yeah, left, we're right. We have a little center, road you know? trip over to, you know, Cloverdale this <laughs> yeah, afternoon yeah. And, uh, and and clear out your closet. Clear out, clear yeah. it out. And it, it's, it's, that's not done. Get me wrong. I'm not bitter. I'm not upset at him. I'm not angry or anything. That's why I'm not burning it. You know. But I'm not keeping it either. So, uh, you know, you guys can have it. Mark, Mark uh, when they, okay, you didn't get released. Uh, you can say that. It doesn't bother me. But uh, how does that affect your confidence? I mean. Well, you, you know, it, it, it shakes you. It shook me. It shook my wife. It shook my family. It shook us all. You know, because all of a sudden, 
you know, the place where you've been for the last 16 years. You know, my kids, all they know are the BC Lions. They were born at the Royal Columbian down the street, you know. So they, this is all they know. And then all of a sudden, you know, the BC Lions, we've been bleeding orange and black for years. Now all of a sudden they're the enemy. You know, and like in, in one night, one day, bang, they're the wow. enemy. And so um, it shook us as a family in that, wow, what do we do now? Where do we go? How do we do this? But to say that it shook my confidence, no. And I don't, I don't mean this, I'm not bragging or anything. I'm not trying to big myself up or anything like that. But the truth is, I know I'm good at what I do. And so them not bringing me back is no reflection on me, per se. They just, as they always say, the company line, we're going in another direction, yeah. you know, which is yeah. fine. Let them go. Let them go. They'll go down, I'll go up, and it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, did I say that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But um, it, it, it didn't shake my confidence at all because right. I know, you know, God brought us to BC. Yeah. God sustained us and blessed us while we've been here, and He's going to bless us and take us to, to Hamilton when we go there. Right. Also. Right. Mark, you think? Do you think? Uh, speaking of confidence, do you think that's something that everybody needs to grow in? <laughs> is that knowledge of why we're here and what God put us here for? That, that's I the mean, whole. That's why your confidence won't be affected. You know, whether you get fired from a job or not. Now, here's the thing. Don't don't get it. Don't don't get it misconstrued here. If you're not good at something and you get fired, that's why you got fired. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, and should that shake your confidence? Well, that should tell you something. You know, maybe if you're a nurse and you're trying to put needles in and you just poking them and they fire you as a nurse, yeah. you need to get better at doing the needle thing. You know yeah, what I mean? And, which is understandable, yeah. you know. But understanding your purpose Understanding, you know, God taught me this back yeah. in 1997. He showed me this my rookie year in Montreal. And, he, and I remember this like it was yesterday. It was so clear. He said, football is not why you're here. It's just how you got here. Does that make sense? It's like football is not why. You're not here for football. It's just how you got. I'm from Washington, D.C. Don't, we don't just go to Montreal for no reason. You understand? I mean, it's a nice city and all, but I didn't wake up and just go. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. We, football is how I got to Montreal. Football is how we got to BC. Football is how we're making our way to Hamilton, you know? Right. But it's not why we're here. Sure. You know, we, we have a bigger purpose that's way bigger than football, way bigger than anything that we can imagine. And in living this life for the last 16 years here with the Lions, we can say that's true. Right. Football just yeah. is, is the vehicle that God is using to get us into places like Hillside. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Um, so the upside, as you've just alluded to, you're not jobless. You got hired by the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Yeah. Um, give us a, some of the, how did that come down? You know? Well, the, um, it's amazing how God works, right? You, you, you never know who's watching, right? You never know. You just... You're just sort of trying to do your thing, and you never know who's watching. So Orlando Steinhauer, who's the new head coach there in Hamilton, our, our careers are almost parallel, you know, in that we're the same age. We both played in the CFL, you know, for a long time, and we we're right into coaching. Um, I've admired his work, you know, as a, as a coach and as a defensive coach for years. 
I didn't know, but he admired my work over here in BC for years. And so we've always had this mutual respect for one another. And now he's the head coach and he needed a defensive coordinator. He said, I'm going to get Mark. I didn't know that. I didn't know that he liked me. You know mm. what I mean? But lo and behold, God, God knows what he's doing, you know? And so uh, he called and we started a conversation and uh, it's hard to believe that I never interviewed for the job. I didn't. O and I, we sat down, we had a yeah. conversation, just like we're doing right here. We were, we weren't, it wasn't formal. I'm sitting there like this. He's, I'm sitting there both like just talking, you know, talking football, talking life, talking family, talking everything. Sure. Next thing I know, he's like, the job is yours. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, you know, it, it took, we had to pray about it and whatnot, but yeah. it, it was an easy decision. And yeah, when you guys prayed, you were, you were sharing with, this, uh, with me personally earlier, just uh, how you guys sensed, even though you had other opportunities, that Hamilton was where you to go, right? Yeah. You had that, you know, in your spirit, this is a yes from God for here. Right. There, was, uh, there were other opportunities out there in the league and other opportunities elsewhere, and every time I thought about it, it wasn't sitting right. Y'all know what I mean? It was like the spirit was, it wasn't right. It's it easy to right. say no to Saskatchewan. Come on. <laughs> Regina, no, no thank you. It's just a clear no from God. You know what, I'm not, I'm not going to say a thing about that. You know, I'm gonna, <laughs> I've learned my lesson to just shut up. You know what I mean? Yeah, but um, it, it, it didn't fit right. It, didn't, it wasn't sure. sitting right. And, sure. and, and how the... Uh, the Holy Spirit just was, didn't allow it to sit right, yeah. you know, and, and it made sense on paper. It made sense to the human logic, but it didn't make sense in the spirit because that's not where we were supposed to go to that, to that other place. Right. And so he made it so that as soon as we begin to talk about Hamilton and, 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 you know, working with them, it was right. What, what excites you uh, from a football perspective about going to, to Hamilton? Well, they're a good team, yeah. you know, and they're going to be a good team. They're a team on the, on the rise, right. you know, a um, lot of good pl football players. The city, like this is no reflection of Vancouver, but the city of Hamilton is in love with the Ticats. Right. They love them. Yeah. They, they're fired up about them. You know, they, they, they pack the stadium, you know, and, wow. and so I'm excited about that. I'm excited to yeah. be on the front page of the newspaper. That's awesome. Not the back page. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> okay. Like I said, it's, Vancouver just didn't love you quite enough. Yeah. I, I think the city, I mean, you guys love me, but the, the BC Lions didn't love me anymore. You know what I mean? So. Let me ask you guys, okay? So you just don't answer this. All right. Washington family, how do you feel about going to Hamilton? We're excited. Are you? Yeah, you know, we, we are excited because, you know, uh, I was just sharing over here that we've been here for 16 years and it doesn't happen in the sports world. You know, so the fact that we got a chance to raise our kids here is, is just phenomenal so that they didn't have to have all of that moving from, you know, town to town. So that's been really, really nice so that we can raise them here and that they've developed friendships. And now we're going to a new place and uh, we're looking forward to what God's going to do there. That's very cool. Your dad was telling me earlier, Jeremiah and Amani, that uh, you like might be moving like to the coolest high school ever. Why is that? Why is it such a great school? Um, I don't know. It's really nice. Um, 
their football team is the best in Canada. <laughs> That's awesome. And you're into you're on the cheer squad, right? You've been cheering track, and they got a great program for that too. It's funny uh, when Angel and I were praying for your family when we heard the news um, that. Uh, that the Lions weren't having you back. I think that's the word you learned. Yeah, there you go. That works. Yeah. That, uh, that our sense from God was that it was for you guys that you were moving to Hamilton. It was actually for your kids that somehow that this was going to be a really important move for your family. And so we're, we've been praying for you, you two, all of you, but you two especially, and we're really excited about what God's going to do. Hey, amen? Right? Amen. We'll pray for them in this uh, big, big uh, change. Um, Highlights in your time in, in uh, Vancouver? A couple of, couple of sort of bright spots for you. Well, two things happened in Vancouver that was very significant in my life. One is 15, one is 12. They were both born here. You know, that when we came here, it was just me and Judy. Now we leave and it's, it's, I feel like the Israelites leaving Egypt. I mean, we're taking everything with us. You know what I mean? And so, uh, <laughs> so that, that's significant, you know. Uh, we won a few games while we were here, um, had a chance to, you know, win two Grey Cups, lost one. We shouldn't have lost that game, but um, nah, it, it, we really should have. That 04 Grey Cup, we should. Right. So, um, so I had a chance to um, really learn from one of the greatest men on the planet, Wally Buono. Love him. You know, just his wisdom, you know, the, the kind of person that he is, the man of God that he is, and the great coach that he is. I mean, to be, to be able to say, all right, I sat under him for 16 years, mm. you know, five years as a player, 11 years as a coach, yeah. you know, and, and to be living in this area, you know, which, like, I remember the first time we drove down uh, Fraser Highway over in Surrey, and we saw Mount, you know, Mount Baker, and we were like, what in the world is that? I mean, you're coming from Montreal, where they have a, a mountain in the middle of the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what is that? I, like, those are real mountains. Like, they, that's like, <laughs> and so being able to wake up every morning and see that, you know, and, and, you know, my shovel has dust on it. That won't happen too much longer, you know what I mean? But, I love you know, it. these are all I love poignant it. moments, you know. Okay, I, I didn't get a chance to ask you this one. Someone sent this question in. Can you explain some of the hand gestures that the coaches and players use to give messages to the on-field players? And then the, the follow-up question was, is it true some of the gestures were put together and turned into the now famous chicken dance? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Who asked that question? <laughs> I think it was the Australian again. Oh, okay, yeah, we can blame everything yeah, he's gone to. Yeah, can, yeah, can. yeah. No, um. Yeah, give us one of the, you know, a good hand gesture so that we'll be just a little more, we're gonna be looking at the Thai cats, uh, you know, watching you on the sidelines. Okay, you guys are the enemy now, right? I'm not sharing that with you. No. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm, yeah. No, all right, so, all right, so, I want the fans of the CFL to begin to put pressure on the league concerning this. So offensively, so the offense, the offensive coordinator or the offensive coaches they can speak directly to the quarterback because he has a little microphone in his helmet. And so just like this little headset, you, you see the coaches with the headsets, right? So he can talk directly to the quarterback and say, all right, this is the play we're going to run. We're going to run X wing right, blah, 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 blah. Boom. Hey, watch out now. The safety, if he's coming down low, you make sure you throw the hot because it's a blitz. He can talk to him. Defensively, we can't do that. 
So we have to do this antiquated thing like we're landing a plane, you know what I mean, with all these different <laughs> signals and stuff like that. Now, the reason why that's ridiculous is because other teams, I won't name them, they wear red, <laughs> green and yellow, green and whatever color they wear. Other teams, they write down every signal. So that's not cheating, but it's really smart, you know, but they're cheating. So, so we have to do all these signals so that to get, to get the defense to the defensive player. So, mm. you know, so every signal sort of corresponds to what we're asking them to do. So okay. if I did something like this and this, this and this, this is under, this is over. Those are two different fronts that we run. Any, any football people know what I'm talking about? Over and under, never mind. So there's over <laughs> and under fronts and there's grouping. So there's a lot of different things that we have to put in our signals where the offense can just talk. So Peter put a lot of pressure on the CFL and said, hey, the defense need to have the headsets and their helmets too. Can y'all do that for us? It'll help the Lions too, so it's okay. All right? Love it. Right. That's a good answer. Thanks. I wanted to see you do the chicken dance, but that was a, it was almost there. Uh, good luck, man. Um, Mark, uh, didn't, ask, <laughs> didn't ask you this question either, but uh, far more personal, not, not football. What thing about you would shock us if we knew it? Dun, dun, dun. Like, shock like what? I mean, it's different levels of shock here. Surprise us. Surprise us. This is a tough question. No, it, it, it could be. Um, I don't, I love eagles. <gasps> yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't all worthy. Okay, let me find something else. <laughs> I, I, I don't like snakes. Oh, that nice thing. Some serious drama here, folks. I know, I, I here see. at Hillside, Sunday morning. Something that will shock you guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm a very romantic guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're shocked. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm all right. I don't like. I'm really afraid of like mice and rats and rodents. Is that right? Like, you squeal like a, you know? I, I would jump up on this chair. But my wife and kids would be on top of me because they would, <laughs> trust me, we're all in the same boat there. Right. That's awesome. Right, That's right. awesome. Well, uh, moving along, uh, I had a few people ask this question. Uh, Mark, you've been a Christian player. You've been a Christian coach. Uh, in fact, Kind of cool observation. Wally Buono, your head coach all these years, has been a believer. Mm -hmm. And your new coach, um, what's his name again? Orlando Seinhauer. Orlando Seinhauer. Right. Great, great football name. Mm -hmm. He's also a believer. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Uh, faith, football has been a part of your, uh, like your faith in football seems to be really connected. But I, I think people want to know, how, how did faith become real for you? Like, I mean, how did uh, that become something that you were willing to kind of give your life to? Uh, well, I, I grew up in a uh, Christian home. Um, they, <laughs> my mother was a, my mother was, I, I, well, I should say, I was a drug baby. <laughs> because my mother drugged me to church every single Sunday. <laughs> Wednesday, Saturday, Friday, it was like almost every day. I spent more time in church than school, you know what I mean? She drugged me every day, you know what I mean? But. 
I was, I was just a kid that would sit in the back of the church, you know, and just watch everybody, just listen to the pastor, blah, blah, blah. And I went there for the girls and to see my buddies and all that kind of stuff, but not really paying attention to what, what, what God was saying to me. But over time, you know, things, life happens. And so I remember one day as a motivation to the youth, they showed this movie called The Gates of Hell. And it was like a depiction of what hell is like. It worked, all right? <laughs> but here's the thing. I made a profession of faith, right? Because, you know. But in reality, it wasn't that at all. You know, you, you ever played a game Monopoly and you have the get out of jail free card? Well, Jesus was my get out of hell free card. You know, and I would keep Jesus in my back pocket. And any time life got rough or things got dangerous or things went crazy, I would pull him out and be like, All right, if I die, I'm okay. You know what I mean? I'm okay because, you know, I, I won't go to hell because of this card, this Jesus card that I carry. So on Sunday, I, would, I, was, an, I was an angel. Monday to Saturday was something different, you know. And so playing that game, that back and forth game, you know, through my teenagers, Jesus wasn't, he wasn't happy with that. Right. And it, it wasn't until my early 20s that God re- began to really shake me and shift me and through just how he works. He said, enough's enough with playing around. I don't want mm. no playing around. I need, I need you to be serious. Where you're going in life, the things that I have planned and destined for you, you can't do living like this. And so he began to beat me up and shake me in the way that only God can do. Right. To the point where it's like, okay, I had, there had to be a full surrendering of my life. You guys know what I'm talking about? If you don't know, do it. When you surrender your life to Christ, surrender your entire life to Christ. Because if not, God will wrestle it away from you. And he doesn't lose wrestling matches. And when he wrestles you, it hurts. Hurts badly. It hurt me badly, but I'm, thank God he won. Yeah. Because from that, from that point on... I've been able to say, okay, now I can be a Christian for real. Mm. You know what I mean? Because that old plan, weekday stuff, that didn't work. That doesn't work. Mm. Jesus wants men and women that are fully committed to him, fully committed to him. And, and that's what began to happen in my life. That's awesome. Um, one of the things I've observed with your journey, Mark, is that uh, faith and football, very integrated. Like, it's not like uh, I, I believe in God and then I play football. Um, what, how have you managed to, to keep your faith in the form, foreground of your life, in, in, in your everyday work? I mean, like football's a job for you. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not just a game. It's, it's something you do nine to five, Monday to, well, Monday to Saturday or whatever it is for you. Um, how, how does your faith actually flow into the rest of your, your life? Well, God showed me something my, my rookie year in Montreal. Uh, he, he spoke something directly to me, and I remember like it was, like he just told me five seconds ago. He said that football is not why you're here, it's only how you got here, like I said before. Yeah. And so, in, and in doing that, I got to remember, remember what's important. You know, football, see, football, football is not, in my faith, they can't be separate. You understand? Yeah, sure. They can't be. You know, when, when God takes over, he takes over, like everything. 
And so everything in your life has to fall under him, including football. You understand? And if it doesn't, there's a problem. You understand? There's a problem. And so, you know, football is just another way for me to live what God has called me to live and wanted me to live. You you understand what I'm saying? My faith is not a part of my life. It is my life. Y'all get what I'm saying? Like, we, it's so easy for us to say, okay, I got my family life, I got my church life, I got my job life, I got my, you know, school life. You know how you got all these different areas? You don't have that. It's one life. That's Jesus. That's it. Everything else falls under that. Does that make sense to y'all? That makes sense? Hear me, man. It's better that way. Because when you try to compartmentalize Jesus... That don't work. He's too big for that. He's too big for that. That doesn't work. You know, and I learned the hard way. Mm. So and so doing, you know, Jesus is it. You know, and when you when you step on the football field or when you step in the locker room or when you're coaching or whatever it is, people want to see one thing. If you proclaim to be a Christian, people want to see the one thing. They want to see if your words and your actions do they match. That's all they want to see. They want to see if this Jesus thing is real because we all, we, you know, like, like, God, like it says in Ecclesiastes, God has put eternity on our heart. He's put himself on our hearts. He, we're, God is on our minds whether we like it or not, and we're all seeking. And when they see this Christian person over here, all right, now let's see what's up with this Christian thing. All right, let's see if he's legit. He talk all this Jesus stuff. He's praying and all that. Is it mm. legit? Mm. That's what they want to see. And so when they see it, they're like, all right, well, so what's up with that? Good or bad, you still praise the God. All right, what's up with that? You know, and that's how we, we got, we talk about being salt and light. We got to be salt and light, right? Yeah. And so if this Jesus thing is real, then make it be real. Whether we win the great cup or whether we lose, whether we're, you know, we're the head coach of the BC Lions or we got to go now to Hamilton. Is this Jesus thing real? You know, Yes. I wouldn't want it the other way. Yeah. I'll lose everything else before I, Jesus is it, man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. This is it. That's what's so important. Uh, Mark, uh, like I said earlier, we're in this series about abiding in Jesus. Jesus' invitation to us to abide in him and, and he will abide in us, right. right? Remain in me and I will remain in you, right? So in what ways, what are, what are the rhythms in your life of staying connected to Jesus, remaining in Jesus? What, what, have, what has worked for you? <laughs> wow. It's a big question. Isn't it, it is, and it's a pretty cool question. You came up with that one? Yeah, no, all by myself. <laughs> Agonized over that one. Agonized. The rhythm, I try to keep a rhythm in that God, the, I would say this, the last, I'm going to try to answer your question by being as physis, philosophically deep as you asked it. So, no, <laughs> so God has been teaching me, and I'll answer this in something that God has been teaching me the last couple of years. Two words he's been really grinding into me, and it's this. The word is faithful, and the other word is obedient. Be faithful, be obedient. Be faithful, be obedient. So what does that mean? It means this. Faithful means that in any situation, whatever happens, up, down, back, and forth, whatever happens, I'm going to be faithful to you, God, in this. I will always turn to you, God. You understand? I will all, there's a lot going on, but my eyes are on you. 
All right. There's a million choices that I can make, but I choose to look at you. All right. Like you and your wife. You're faithful to your wife. I'm faithful to my wife. Hey, there are millions, billions of women on the planet, but my eyes are on you. (laughs) Right on. And that's that. So that's what being faithful means, right? So we do the same thing. All right, king, king of kings, Lord of Lords, my eyes are on you. I know I can look over here. I know I can look over there. I'm not going to do that. My eyes are on you. Obedient. Whatever you say, do, do it. Yeah, easier said than done, right? Yeah. She looked at me like, yeah, it's easy. No, it ain't. It ain't that easy. I know, I know. So I try to get, when I, in the morning, I try to make it so that the rhythm all right, God, how do I get my eyes on you? Prayer time, time in the word, hanging out, just being quiet so that I can get my eyes. Because y'all know how it is. When you wake up in the morning, your vision is what? Blurry, right? Or maybe mine is. All right. I don't know how y'all sleep, but I sleep good. You know, so when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, mm. and your vision isn't right. And so it takes a minute to do what? Sort of focus and get yourself ready, right? That's how I feel. But in the spirit, you know, you wake up and it's like, okay, I got I to gotta focus. Okay, let me focus. Let me focus. I might sing a song or two or three or ten or whatever. Mm. Not good, but just singing, you know. Don't sound like Lincoln, but I'm singing. <laughs> but you got to get focused so then your vision can get clear so that you can be faithful. Yeah. And you can be obedient. It's hard to be obedient when you don't know what he's telling you. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, all right. Get into that rhythm to the point where if you're walking around without it, you're walking around sort of like this. You know what I mean? Sort of lost. And so now, if you want Christ to abide in you, it says he has, you know, you have to abide in him. Well, you got to open the door, let him in. If you ain't going to let him in, he ain't going to be there. You know, so you you have to say, all right, come on in. Let me set up a nice place for you to hang out, Jesus. And come on, let's do this. You know, and I try to do that on a daily, throughout the day. You know, do I get it right all the time? Y'all know better. Nah. Is it a struggle? Yeah. I mean, come on. We're not robots, but that's not the point. The point ain't to be a robot. The point is for you to be faithful. Robots can't be faithful. They don't know no better. Right. You see that? And so let's be faithful. Let's do it the right way. But it sounds to me like you're, you're about cultivating, like you're intentional about cultivating your relationship with God. You can't leave it to accident. All right. Why? Because we naturally, because of our sin nature, we naturally want to go the other way. Drift. We naturally want to disobey God. We do. All right. I I, I knew that, but I didn't know it, know it Mm. until they came along. Yeah. All right. I heard, and I'm not, these are my kids and I love them. They are great kids. But as y'all know, you don't have to teach your kids how to be bad. (laughs) You got to teach them to be good. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? They naturally, and I'm not just talking them, all of us will naturally do wrong yeah. because of sin. Yeah. We have to be taught to do right. right. So you have to be intentional in that. This is what you're going to do. You understand? Yeah. And yeah. God is doing that. Just like For we sure. had to do it or you had to do it with your kids. This is what you're going to brush your teeth. This is how you brush your teeth, up, down, side, side, whatever. You know what I mean? And you do it that way. Yeah. So it has to be intentional. Yeah. If not. Yeah. In a sense, just like you're involved in training, you're, you're getting your teammates to go through exercises so that they become better defensemen, right? Your term, man. Stop. 
defensive, defensive players. players. Just say that. Don't, defensive def- players. players. Like D-line, linebackers. You said defense. That's I'm hockey. Canadian, man. I know. That's why I'm trying to get that out of your system. It's defensive players. Say that. Okay, defensive players. That sounds better than defensemen, right? It's too many hockey people. Never mind. All right. So, <laughs> so uh, training. You're training them to be able to improve in certain areas. Do you feel like that's would describe your walk with God? Exactly that. Being trained? Exactly that. It's, it's exactly 100%. We're all being trained. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, you know, I learned this, and, and it's something that I pass on even to my kids, right? Every time you do something, you're practicing it. Whether it's good or bad. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You're getting better at that. Mm. Whether you're getting better at it, the good way or you're getting better at it and it's taking you further away. Right. You understand? Yeah. So it's like, all right, we have to be intentional. We have to say, all right, if you're going to do it, let's do it the right way. Because if you're not going to do it the right way, guess what? You're actually getting better at doing it worse. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. And, and you know what comes to mind? Know what comes to mind? Mm. Y'all, you know Proverbs 3, right? Mm. 5 and 6. Yeah. All right. And it gets to the part where trusting the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. That blew my, This happened just about a month or two ago. Mm. The word lean, right? So when you're thinking about leaning, right? When you lean into something, you just lean into it a little bit, right? And then... As you get better at it, you lean a little bit more and you lean and then there's a momentum that comes, right? Mm. The Bible says don't lean into your own understanding because when you lean into your own understanding once, it's just a little. And then you lean into it again and you lean into it again. And next thing you know, you're gone into your own understanding. And the Bible says don't do that because that momentum will take you in the wrong place. Mm. You understand? Yeah. Like, so don't go there. Do it, do it the right way the first time right. and stay there. Don't, because if you lean a little bit, you're gone. I learned that when I was learning how to skate. <laughs> I leaned, bro. I leaned. We, I leaned, bro, and it, didn't, it wasn't good. Do we have video of this? I'd love to see that. Uh, uh, no, you don't. No, <laughs> Thank no, God Judy, for that. It's pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. I would... Yeah. It was bad, though. Yeah, you shouldn't put any confidence in your skating. That's, that's what I heard all. from your wife just now. Right. Uh, Mark, one of the ways you've abided with Jesus, and we've, we've benefited from that over the years, is you obviously love the Word of God. I mean, you love the Bible, and uh, it's, it's something that I know you spend a lot of time in. Um, but can you tell, I've seen it shape your attitude towards life. It's shaped your attitude towards football. It, give us a, you know, so, some way that God has been speaking to you through the word these days? I mean, you gave us an example right there about trust in the Lord. But okay, so... I know you got more. Can I give you two? Sure. All right, one. A friend of mine, a, a friend of ours, a good brother of ours, back in July, called me out of the blue. And he said, um, he said, I don't know why I'm telling you this. Well, I know why, because God's telling me to tell you this, but brother, you're going through a crucible. Y'all know what a crucible is? That's that, that little bold thing that you heat up and you put whatever in it and it heats it up and it, and it essentially gets rid of all the impurities mm. so that you have what's pure left. Like, so they'll put gold, you know, gold or iron or whatever. They stick it in there and they heat it up and all the mess comes out and only what's left is what's true. 
right? It's what you want. The hotter the fire, the longer it's in the crucible, the more, the more pure it is. Mm. He said, brother, you're going through a crucible right now. And I'm like, who wants to go through that? You know, but as soon as he told me that, and I, and I felt like, okay, God, this is, this is real. This isn't some crackpot, you know what I mean? This is for real. As soon as I hung up the phone with him, the Holy Spirit said, Joseph. Joseph. Okay. And so during the entire season, I studied Joseph. Because that's the brother who went through a crucible. His brother sold him into slavery. Then he became a slave. And then he went to jail for what this lady said and all this kind of. I mean, he had it rough, man. But what came out of it? What came out of it? People were saved. People were saved. Yeah. You know, an entire nation was saved. His family was saved. We're saved as a result of him being, going through the crucible and not wavering. All right, can I get real biblical real yeah, quick? Yeah, please do. Can you put that up, bro? It's amazing. You're just like... I got to learn how to do that. That's so good. Go and practice, do it. Yeah. Oh. There, boom. <laughs> Joseph, right? So y'all know he became the prime minister of Egypt, the whole nine. You know, there was a uh, famine, and everybody in that whole area was dying because they had nothing. Egypt had everything because of the dream that Pharaoh had that Joseph was able to interpret. Y'all remember that, right? Yeah. Y'all were there, right? Good summer. Okay. So then Joseph said to his brothers, so now his brothers who have sold him into slavery, they're starving. You know what I mean? They left, they left Canaan and came all the way to Egypt, which is not an overnight trip. All right. And now they're standing before their brother. He, they don't know it's him, no. All right. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they, when they had done so, he said, I am your brother, Joseph. So, you know, they were scared, right? because they treated Joseph bad. Y'all remember, right? The one you sold into, it slowed into Egypt, so he's had to remind them as if they sold other brothers. <laughs> he don't know. <laughs> he's been here for 30 years, you know what I'm saying? I'm that one, okay? I don't know what you did with us, but y'all know what I'm saying. It's helpful to clarify. Yeah, That's just good. making sure you, know. you yeah. be clear. And now do not distress or do not be, be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. That, that verse right there shook me a couple of months ago. Right. It was to save lives that you're, that you're here ahead of me. For two years now, there has been a famine in the land and for the next five years, there will, there will be no plowing or reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. You see, God got a plan, y'all. And so even though your, his plan may include a crucible, a hard time, a difficult time in your life, a difficult time in my life, a, t a time of uncertainty and up and down, and I don't know where the next thing is coming from. What is going on, God? I'm losing my mind. I'm pulling my hair out. I'm going crazy. But it says, so then, it wasn't you who sent me here, but God. 
I can say that God sent us from Montreal to here back in 2003. And we've been here for 2003, since 2003. And, And now God is saying, you know what? It's time to go. And God is sending me to another place. It may be working the same way in your life. I don't know. But the crucibles are bigger than you. The, the, the result and things that are happening are bigger than you. And this is important so that while you're in the crucible, you don't go crazy. You don't lose your mind. Just understand that it's bigger than you. And God has a bigger plan. And that plan is to save lives. You don't think it can happen to you. It will. It will. It's happening to me right now. I don't know how many people I've spoken to, but if I was in Montreal, this would have never happened. Right. I would, if I was in Montreal, I wouldn't be in Hillside. Yeah. It's physically impossible. Yeah. But God had to do something. And if it was a crucible moment to get me here, so be it. If it's a crucible moment that's going to take us to Hamilton and God is going to do whatever he's going to do there, so be it. You understand what I'm, y'all get what I'm saying, right? I know y'all getting sleepy on me, and this is the preaching part, but y'all got to get that, right? Because that's what you came to get this morning. All right, that's, what, that's, that's the meat of this thing. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than where you're going. It's bigger than the little situations you're going through right now. You understand what I'm saying? It was to save lives. Here's the crazy part. And this is the part that blew me away. Like, we think of Israel as this big, country as this, this, these people. There was no Israel yet. It was just Jacob and his family. If you study it, the Bible says it's between 66 and 70 people. That's like this section right here that left Canaan and go to Egypt that Joseph had to save. But what came out of that 70 people? What came out of the 70 people? A nation. A nation. Who came out of the 70 people? Jesus. Because Joseph went through the crucible, that line was saved so that eventually the Savior can come and save us. You see how important it is while you're in the crucible just to hang in there because it's bigger than you. You understand? That's why football is important, but it's just something. You know what I mean? It's just a vehicle. Right. Y'all get that, right? All right. So hang in there, y'all. It's going to be, all, it's bigger than y'all. Amen? Amen. And God can, uh, uh, that, that story, I mean, just tells us again, God can use anything. Hey, let me tell you, man. He does. Even slavery. Yeah. I'm a black man, by the way. <laughs> From America. God can use anything. Y'all, y'all get what I'm saying? He can do that. He can do that, yeah. you know? And here's the cool part. Mm-hmm. Throughout the scripture, throughout this whole story of Joseph, if you, in 39, it's like three or four times, he's tell, he tells Joseph, or, or, or he, it says in scripture, that he was with him. Right? When he got sold into slavery and he's in Potiphar's house, he was with him. Right. When he went to prison, he was with him. Guess what, y'all? Yeah. He's with you. Yeah. Even though your circumstances may be like, you understand? Can I give one last story? Then I'm yeah, done. please go okay. for it. Get time. All right, son, I love you, but I got to use you as an example, okay? <laughs> we good? We're not good? Yeah. 
Okay, all right, that's my boy. So my son, when he was younger, not now, because he's, he's 12, about to be 13, not now. But when he was younger, we would be in the basement, like downstairs, watching TV or whatever, right? And then I would go upstairs, and he would be the only one in the basement. Well, not too many young boys like to be in the basement by themselves, right? Because the basement is cold and dark and, you know, spooky. You know what I mean? So he would run up and be right beside me. I'm like, come on, man, like, give me a break, you know? But he didn't want to be by himself, right? As long as daddy was in the basement, he was okay. But when daddy left, he he wasn't okay. Here's the thing. Did the basement change? No. The basement is still dark and spooky and all that. What changed was the presence of daddy. Think about that. The crucible didn't change for Joseph. What changed or what was, what was going to make it work for him or not was the presence of daddy. When you're going through your crucible, that don't change, y'all. It's going to be hard. See, God is not circumstantial. He doesn't, you know, yeah. he doesn't ebb and flow. He's just there. So whether you're in the basement, cold and spooky and dark, or upstairs where everything is perfect, guess what? The presence of daddy is the most important thing. And when we get that, does it, does it really matter? BC, Hamilton, Montreal, does it really matter? Guess what? Daddy's going to be there. And so That's it right. doesn't really matter. That's right. Yeah. That's what I hope we get. You know what I mean? That's what I hope we get. Yeah. Uh, Mark, want to wrap up? Just final, final thought, last words to Hillside? I mean, hopefully not the last words to us. <laughs> I hope we, not. Uh, we hope secretly that you get hired as the head coach of BC Lions and you come back and, you know, you're here. Hey. That's my. That's so, so be it, man. You never know. God could do that, right? Yeah, yeah. I will say this. The last word is this. And we tried to read it this morning, so I won't do it again. It's in Luke chapter 2 when Jesus was a little boy. Y'all remember when he was a little boy and his mom and dad and the whole family left Jerusalem and they left him at the temple, right? And they freaked out and they came back. Like it, they went three days and then they came back and then the boy was gone for almost a week. I'm serious. Think about it. Do the math. Mm. Right? And they find him, and he's sitting there up here, hanging out with you <laughs> and all the other pastors, mm. teaching them. And they freaked out. And then they asked him, like, where you been? Like, what have you been doing? And y'all remember what he said? He said, don't you know, I had to be about my father's business. Right? My word to y'all. To you, my brother, and you know I love you, man. Mm-hmm. To all of y'all, be about the Father's business. This is real. Yeah. Lives are being lost and saved. Be real. Be about the Father's business. Not saying you can't have a good time. Not saying you can't do this and that. That's, do that, man. This is all a part of the Father's business. If it's not a part of the Father's business, forget it. You understand what I'm saying? Like Jesus could have been at the temple playing soccer. Yeah. But he wasn't. He was about the father's business. You understand what I'm saying? So if I could leave anything with y'all, and it's not like I'm leaving it. It's in the Bible. It's been there way longer than me. Yeah. And it's going to be there way after me. 
Be about the Father's business. Amen? Amen. Y'all good with that? Yeah. Yeah, Mark, I, uh, just to conclude, we're going to pray for you in a, in a moment. Um, but, uh, yeah, somebody was sharing with me recently just this, this whole sense that they've discovered that God loves them profoundly. And uh, that's the best news of the gospel. If you read scripture, you find out that the God of heavens actually loves each one of us profoundly. And, and, and he loves us more deeply and more profoundly than you'll ever be able to understand. I mean, it, it's, it's that great is his love. But he doesn't want to just love us. He also wants to send us. And he wants to have us join him in, in this adventure of seeing God's kingdom come down here, up there, down here. And so he loves us, yes, but he wants us to be about his business. And uh, that's what Hillside's about, is somehow we get, we win the lottery. We, we discover that God loves each of us. And then that, we get to join him in his good work in our world. Mark, thanks so much today. I, I, we, I wanted to get you a couple of going away gifts, actually. Um, so so uh, I, I went shopping this week. Let me see. Yeah, we got you. I, I, I thought, uh, yeah, you're on a new team and you burned all your BC Lions gear, so we got you a Hamilton Tiger cast. Hey. Look pretty good, huh? Now, at the same time, uh, you're moving to uh, Ontario, which, you know, have you heard what the weather's been like in Ontario in the last week or two? And so I wanted to get you something that would help you in your time in Ontario, and so I got you these. So, uh, I feel better. I feel warm. I got, I got one for your wife as well, but if you don't mind me trying these on just for a second here, just, I want to, I really want a picture of the two of us looking like this, man. This is going to be so, but you realize this is going to be your life from here on in. You're going to feel cold all the time. <laughs> this might be the worst picture ever. Appreciate it. We look like brothers. Yes, we, we are brothers. Like We're brothers, and yes. Your coach, your coach, your new coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's, yeah he like, he's like what you've done, but he uh, wanted to uh, get me to get you a sign that you can put up in your office, and it's simply this. Get busy. Get busy. Get busy. Appreciate it, brother. Got work to do. Yeah, yeah, that looks actually rather frightening. Yeah, that is. That, that's intimidating. Uh, you know, you can Did, put that in Jeremiah's bedroom. How's that sound? Just, and you, get studying. Yeah, he's like, like, can you please not focus on me anymore? Is what he's Guys, uh, we're going to pray for Mark and his family, and, and so I'm just going to ask real quickly, Mark, come on down here on the, on the floor. Anybody who wants to pray for him, we're just going to have a bunch of us gather around. Family, come on, come on out if you can. We'll get you guys out here too. And uh, just have two or three of us. Uh, so anybody who wants to come and gather around them, come on up. Don't be shy. Uh, we'll uh, lay hands on Mark. Feel like uh, God is sending um, this family to Hamilton. And uh, when Mark and I talked about him coming to Hillside, sensed, both of us sensed that Hillside 
could be like a, his, one of his sending churches and uh, part of, of commissioning him to this new role. And uh, so, so we're going to pray now, and I'm just going to invite a couple of us that are up here to, to say a prayer for their family. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you are Emmanuel, God with us, the with us God. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God who leads Mark and his family, Father, to Hamilton. Father, thank you, Lord, that you have gone before him. Father, your plans for him and his family is to prosper them, not to harm them, plans to give them a hope and a future. That's right. Father, when they call upon you, you would answer yeah. them during this time of transition, Father, for their family. Father, we pray, Lord, would you bless them. Yeah. Oh, Father, I, I especially pray for Mani and Jeremiah, Father, in their school. Father, we pray, Lord, that you would level the mountains before them, raise up the valleys for them, Father. Father, that you would plant them well, Father. Right. Father, this family would be like a tree planted by the water. Right. Father, uh, that bears fruit in, in, in season, Father. Oh, Father, that you would plant them well, Father God, we pray. Oh, they would bring glory to you. Father, wherever they are, in Jesus' name we pray. Father, thank you for the assurance that we know that you will go with Mark and his family to where they've been called. Yes, uh, God, we're, we're uh, counting on your faithfulness in their lives and in ours, God. But uh, we send them off with confidence and with joy that you've gone before and that you're going to use this new season uh, for good things in their lives and in the world around them, Lord. And, and want to thank you for just the way you help us in times of transition, Lord. You're, you're with us and, and, and bring encouragement, and I pray you to continue to do that, Father. I thank you for this sort of sense of promise that this is going to be really good for their kids. And uh, we pray you'd plant them really well in Hamilton, in that region, and uh, the, all the, the sort of stress that goes with moving, Lord, would be somehow you just ease that and grant them grace, Lord, to bear up with it, God, we pray. Father, thank you for this family. And, and we would just imagine today, together as a, as a church, uh, your profound blessing being upon them, God. And, and I want to say thank you, Lord. Uh, it, what, a, what a joy it's been these years. We just don't want to take that for granted. You've, you've brought, Mark and I can't even remember how we got connected, but uh, the fact that he's come and faithfully come year after year and, and opened up the word to us and spoken over us, your truth and your encouragement, uh, God has been such a gift. And so we give you thanks for that. And, and I pray for the churches that he's going to get connected with in, in Hamilton, Lord. And I pray that he'd have that kind of role there, that uh, Mark might be such an encouragement, Judy and, and the kids. And Lord, just bless them profoundly and use them, Lord, we pray. And uh, now, for those of you who are able, would you please stand? I'm going to pronounce this blessing over Mark and this, their family, but also over you. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn toward you and give you his peace. 
And all God's people said, amen, amen. Hey, bless you. What a treat to have you guys here with us today. Let's give Mark a huge hand, shall we? And uh, we're going we're gonna to encourage you, we, we, hang out, we like to hang out after church, and, and so we've got refreshments back there. If you came with a need today, uh, love to pray. We, our, our prayer team would love to pray with you and believe that praying actually makes a difference. So uh, that's, you can come up to the front and, and uh, find some encouragement there. God bless you as you go. Have a great week.